Good morning, everyone. We welcome you all to our Saturday morning Bible study. Thank you for joining us. We are broadcasting from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America, and we welcome you all. And our moderator today is Betty from California. Good morning. I'll go ahead and uh, start with the quote. Quote, the relinquishment of all faith and death and also of the fear of its sting would raise the standard of health and morals far beyond its present elevation and would enable us to hold the banner of Christianity aloft with unflinching faith in God in life eternal. And that's from Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures by Mary Baker Eddy, page 426. Okay. Very, 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 very important statement. Who wants to comment? Well, I, my first thought was, I saw faith in death and faith in God. So, obviously, one cannot hold on to one. When one holds on to one, one loses the other. So, faith in God loses all faith in death and vice versa. Faith in death, you have no faith in God. Very good. Unflinching faith in God. And, and Mrs. Eddy elsewhere explains what that faith consists of, doesn't she? She says some, some people fear death. Some people expect it. There's a human saying, two things in life are inevitable. <laughs> death and taxes. <laughs> Gary doesn't accept either. So. <laughs> I don't accept either. Exactly. Nor should any of them. Nor should anybody. And she says some people look forward to death <clears throat> as sort of an end of the pain of mortal existence. Either one of those, either fear of death or looking forward to it, is a form of having faith in it. And here she says, we should relinquish all faith in death, no matter what form it might be in our consciousness. Because in truth, there is none. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, you know, these people who have experienced what they feel, they've gone to the other side and come back, they all say they no longer fear death, right? They have no fear of it. Luann... <clears throat> Luana said that because that had happened to her and others there books written by it mm -hmm. and then one article that we had from Herbert Eustace that was on our website I mean it was so encouraging about that gentleman who came back to tell his mm -hmm. wife oh, yeah. there is no death mm -hmm. and, and life is wonderful and I think that's one of the things that people have this faith in death. They can tend to have a, a fatalistic attitude about things. Yes. And they just go about being careless and 
And, you know, who Compromise. cares? We're all going to die, that kind of attitude. But if we relinquish that faith, we, we would raise the standard of health and morals, like Mrs. Eddy said. Yeah. It would give life a purpose. You know, we're here for a reason, and that's to live a life of usefulness, useful to God. Whereas uh, faith and death would tend to make one be very casual about that important topic. Thank you. It's so important because everything, everything we do matters. I can remember, I must have been in second grade or something, and some other child in my class said, well, what does anything matter? We're all going to die. And and I was like, oh, my God, he's right. Right. What does it matter? We're all going to die anyway. <laughs> it, I, it took me a while to, to get out of that. It's a terrible thing to say. And yet, that's what people think and say. It is fatalistic. Or that there's nothing you can do. You know, this is God's will. That's old theology. There's everything we can do. Everything, and we should be doing it, up and doing. And oh, I on page fifty-seven of the Red Book, there's actually an article in there called "Death," and it says because the phenomenon of death has divided into many the plane of human experience, it has generally been imagined that in some way it is a door to heaven, harmony. Not only, sorry, not only that, but it has been generally accepted by the mass that there is nothing better of human experience possible than the degrading earth spectacle of today, only bearable because of the greater part being hidden from individual sight. This is utterly untrue. The best men and women of humankind have not yet been seen by us and never will until we rise above our present mind level not by death, but through the gates of life. The highest plane of human consciousness is but ethereal. That which has been called solid substance is now proved to be not in matter, while matter proves to be merely the ultimate concluding phase of every false material conception of eternal realities. Thank you. Yeah, there's really no place to go for the answers to this except <laughs> in our in our in science. in science what mrs eddy says because the the old theologians what they say is just way out there as far as we're concerned um, well and so. that's because old theology believes in the reality of matter yeah it's true it believes that there are two right two worlds, you know, the spirit world and the matter world. This is why the subject on matter, you know, the unreality of matter is one of the most difficult things for us to get. Mrs. Eddy even says, don't go around talking about it. It's better left <laughs> not talked about because it infuriate the human mind so much that matter is real. One thing, doesn't Mary Bickerady say that you can either work out your, your the truth here and now or 
later, but you're going to work it out. So anybody that, when they relinquish the feeling of death, they kind of roll up their sleeves and say, well, I better just work it out now. Yes, that's right. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah, here or hereafter, because it's all, it's a continuum. It doesn't, one doesn't end and then we start another. So you might as well do right, right here. Right. I just read that she said, and I wish I knew where I read it, but Mrs. Eddie said, you're going to wake up exactly the way you went out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the way the tree falls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The tree, yeah. And I've given this before, but I love this from Mrs. Eddie, and I don't, I don't know where it came from, but instead of being bound for the grave, we must know we are on the eternal road of life that has no sense of death. So that's what you think of, the eternal road of life. It doesn't even have any sense of death. That's how you think of your days. And then this is Science and Health, page 79. Thousands of instances could be cited of health restored by changing the patient's thoughts regarding death. Mm -hmm. Now, why do you think that is? They open themselves to the possibility of health? Yeah. They open their thoughts to the truth. That I'm never dying. (laughs) Yeah. And they get rid of that, the big bug of fear of of death. Bugaboo of death. Mm -hmm. Everyone, you know, it's always in the back of your mind, perhaps, unless you really take hold and... And deal with it. Don't run from it, but deal with it. And Mrs. Eddy says it it has to do with everything. All cases have to do with that fear. And also, every every time you overcome any error in your life, any sickness, any sin, you are overcoming the belief of death. Because it seems to be accumulative. You keep, you know, you keep thinking that's that road of death. (laughs) It's not the true road. It's a false road, but... You keep thinking, oh, this got me, and that got me, and now I'm weaker, worse off. And you know, what's all? What's that all about? Or when you give in to things, um, you know, I, I've seen it. People don't handle maybe even maybe even their taxes or their finances. So they let everything get out of control, and so then, well, what's the answer? Well, I'll just die out. I'll just die out. I won't have to do my taxes and my finances. <laughs> and believe me, it happens. That's why we keep up with everything day by day. Day by day, we keep up with it. And um, don't let things accumulate. Or relationships that become so horrible um, that you just want out. Mrs. Mrs. Evans used to say that people take a convenient disease and then ride out on it. Think about it. When they don't handle the things that confront them. Yes. You put it off for a later date, you put it off for a later date, and so finally you're just overwhelmed. So this is why this is such an important topic and why it's so important you understand it and why everything is important. It's important you keep up with your finances. It's important you don't let relationships become toxic. Become toxic, Yes where you're living, you know, hating the other person or they're hating you or whatever else because you just haven't 
dealt with it. Or so, let any wrong done to you, you know, kill you instead of right. yeah, ruin your disposition and then it's got you. Seals your doom ultimately. Yep, yes, seals your doom. And if things have started, it's never too late to get started again in resolving it. Yes. Nobody's down that road so far that they're not recoverable. <laughs> yes. Yes, and we have proof of that amongst us. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I just wanted to say one more thing about this so-called fear of death, the fear of the unknown of what lies beyond. It's one tool that has been used for tyrannical control over people. It has wreaked havoc in tyrannical control. So we have endless thanks to Christ Jesus who revealed that death is unreal and also to Mary Baker Eddy who gave us this revealed truth that it is not this terrible thing to be feared and not to be used to manipulate control over others about. One statement from Science and Health, and I can't tell you how immensely helpful it was. She said, mortals awaken with bodies unseen by those that think they have buried the body. So for those of you who look at just matter and death, whatever, you're not looking at the real picture. There is an awakening. And Christ Jesus proved this, which is why the great value of the crucifixion and the resurrection, plus other and many examples, and the ascension, yes, all of this proof, proof, and we saw, some of us saw the movie Luther this past Monday night, and um, it showed what Bruce was talking about, how Romanism, Catholicism had people in such fear and bondage, they were going on and on about um, burning in hell. You're going to burn in hell. You got to. You got to pay. Give me some money, and then you won't burn in hell. So, um, what Luther Luther did to stand up to this tyrannical? It's not a religion. It was. Oh, it was awful. Oh, it's just the worst. No. Yeah, it kept people out. Yeah, had nothing to do with God. It was all about making money, and um, <clears throat> he stood up to it and spoke the truth. And because he did, many others did. It's just enslavement. It's just enslavement. Exactly. Yeah. And and as Bruce said, it's this, oh my gosh, you're going to burn in hell if you don't do this, that, or the next thing. So to that we say... No. Bushwa. No. <laughs> 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 yeah, bushwa. <laughs> to that we say, that's what Mrs. Evans likes to say, bushwa. <laughs> I think that's why... Um, oh, right. sorry. No, I, I feel that that's why this um, essential learning of uh, cultivating that thought of us being spiritual, she's given us the scientific statement of being, to really take it seriously and to understand day by day, if we are knowing that I am spiritual, then we are gaining that spiritual base of thought to see ourselves correctly um, from sense to soul is the journey. Uh -oh. Yes. We're still getting an echo. Does somebody have their computer on? If so, would you please turn it off? And if I mute you, it's because we're getting something from you. So unless you're going to speak, please stay muted. 
Yeah, there's been a lot of shuffling of papers, and someone wrote on YouTube, I think, the roundtable last week, there was a lot of shuffling of papers. So um, so please don't make noise. If <laughs> yeah, you don't really know you're doing it, and I know I shuffle papers here, but <laughs> um, try to be as quiet as you can, and thank you. Everyone listening five years from now will very much appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe just as a thought, I mean, um, just, just um, as a habit, keep it on your own personal mute unless you want to say something. That's a great idea. And then, and then, and then if you forget or something like that or someone walks in the room or the cat <laughs> screeches or whatever, no <laughs> <laughs> worry. That's true. Thank you. Yep, good idea. In in unity of good, I was going to, I keep being muted, so I want to talk before I get unmuted again. But it, it um, in unity, where it, it, is there no death? She says, Mazzetti um, says that it's unchristian to believe in the transition called material death, since matter has no life, and such mis and such misbelief must enthrone another power, an imaginary life above the living and true God. So it really is unchristian to believe in death. Thank you. Yeah, right. that's great. Well, yeah, that's so because Christ proved that it wasn't. And he implored us to raise the dead. And, and don't we deny God's allness as spirit if we believe in, you know, ourselves dying? Exactly. Exactly. All, what, all that ever dies is what? Sin, disease, Sin false belief. Yeah, belief, all of that, that false belief falls away. It's all that's capable of dying. I just wanted to say that quote you had about the eternal road of life, that's on page 74 of the Red Book. So. Well, thank you, kindly. <laughs> okay, Betty. Okay, question number one. What does Paul mean when he says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed? You go first, Betty. Yeah, should we take <laughs> Shall we take <laughs> Well, <laughs> I was thinking that we shall not all sleep. Some people are able to work through that belief of death and not fall victim to it, but we will all be changed. We will all work through that false belief is one of the things that came to mind. Okay, good. Sleep in this case meaning what? Death. Death. Yeah, so we're, so we're clear. Yeah, there's some uh, religions, uh, my brother was, I forget the name of it now, but they call death, they actually call it sleep. That the people go to sleep. But. Well, in Jesus, when you 
raised uh, Jay Iris's, Jay Iris's daughter. daughter. They all believed she was dead, and he said, no, she's sleeping. He said that about yeah. on Lazarus, too. Yeah, about, yeah. Mm -hmm. that he's sleeping. So we're all going to learn that life is immortal and that death is unreal. And some will learn it before they experience that phase called death or passing on or whatever you want to call it. I, I got it also that all the work that those that are awake help those that are, are dead and uh, will or sleep and free them. Kind of like our watch watching. Could like explain some of the good effects of our watching? Yes, thank you. I, I felt so strongly, you know, our watches, we are, are spiritualizing mankind and we are pushing us forward to greater glory and to the, well, all good. All good is before us as we do this work because remember it's always a, an illusion and sleep can also I mean there are people who are quote alive who are sleeping right they're yeah, walking around dead, dead in sins dead in sins yeah I was going to say something like that because I think this is more closer to home than we think you know <laughs> I can take the word sleep and think it's just uh, a stoppage of right mental activity yeah. So even though you're walking around with your eyes open, if you're not doing the work that we, a phrase we frequently use here in Christian science, of, you know, active in the truth, and but if that activity stops, and then we're sleeping. So it's not so much a death of a mortal body, but the, the, the stoppage of active, act, good active action. You know? It's the Adam dream, right? The dreams. Yeah. We're in a dream. A dream of mortality. Yes, you're born into matter and you'll die out of it. And and so that is what you need to awaken from and keep yourself awakened from that Adam dream because there's nothing good to it. And unity of good, Karen quoted from it before, it's, it's excellent, the whole thing on unity of good about all of this um, dying and not dying she she says in divine science the dying if they die in the lord away from a sense of death to a sense of life in christ with a knowledge of truth and love beyond what they possessed before because their lives have grown so far toward the stature of manhood in christ jesus that they are ready for a spiritual transfiguration through their affections and understanding and those who reach this transition called death without having rightly improved the lessons of this primary school of mortal existence and still believe in matter's reality, pleasure, and pain, are not ready to understand immortality. Hence, they awake only to another sphere of experience and must pass through another probationary state before it can truly be said of them, blessed are they, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord. And then it, it goes on. It's wonderful and explains so many of these deeper, deeper issues. And and I believe Mrs. Eddy called Unity of Good her masterpiece. So 
important to read it and understand it. It will answer a lot of questions. You know, Paul was doing what you're doing. He was in Corinth, and they were being persecuted. They were hated, and he's telling them about their life and that they'll never die and giving them such hope. I thought it was so beautiful. And they said it was his last real argument about the resurrection and how they must have hope in it. I just thought it was so wonderful of him. Thank you. Yes. And what were you saying? It, it is beautiful. No, I mean, Paul was catching a glimpse of the science, wasn't he? He was, and, and you know, and he was trying to explain it, you know, in the language of the day. And then when the Bible was translated into English, it was translated in English by people who didn't really get the whole science. So they were, you know, so they, it, it required Mrs. Eddy's discovery of the science to be able to explain all this stuff for us today. And when he says, oh, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. Yeah. And we shall be changed. Well, those who are dead to the truth among us, <laughs> I mean, are going to be raised out of their corruptibility, right? Because what, what, what is corruptible? Well, those who are dead to the truth are corruptible. They're subject to believing in the reality of matter and all this sin, disease, and stuff that goes along with that belief. They will be raised out of it. And those who are not among us, who are dead and gone, will also be raised. That's because life is immortal. I thought it was interesting that um, I noticed that one of my favorite lines in uh, in Mrs. in prose works so it's actually just before it's in unity but it's just before this chapter is there no death and she just before this chapter she says the use of a lie is that it unwittingly confirms truth when handled by Christian science which reverses false testimony and gains the knowledge of God from the opposite facts or phenomena so I read that and I and so really, death, if it confirms truth, then death is really the confirmation that all is life <laughs> and that, that life is all there is to death. So that, it, that and that, I know it may be, I was going to use it a little bit later because it swallows up, that you know, the victory swallows up. But really, if, if death is really the lie about life, then all death is is life. Thank you. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, it's the opposite, right? <laughs> Always. But I, I was thinking also, Stephen, <clears throat> the fact that Stephen, when he was being stoned, was the description of his face and so on means that he must have been in that state of consciousness where, you know, matter did didn't mean anything. He was, you know, Stephen when he was stoned. Remember that. Yeah. Face yeah. 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 yeah, there was a, there was a holiness. Yes, an angel, angelic. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, so often we hear people who are passing on will say things like that or they see people that have gone before and their face is angelic. I used to love this story. My cousin down south, she had her nanny whom she loved. Her name was Georgie. And she used to tell this story when Georgie's, Georgie's husband passed on. He, he had been sick, but he suddenly sat out, up out of bed and he said, Georgie, Georgie, I see the train a-coming. I see the train a-coming. And his whole face just lit up. And I don't know. I can hardly ever tell that story without tears. Cause, um, and she knew. Georgie knew that um, all was well. All was well. And I know other others of you have told me Elsie has a story about, what was it, her, her niece or something. Anyway, um, that's how it is. And, and it doesn't have to be anything dreaded, especially when we've lived a life, the best life we know how. It's just we're going on. Excuse me? Yes? I don't know if, if it's everyone, but it's, it's coming so low, so low. Uh, usually I can hear you well, but it's very low. I was wondering if it's everyone, and if it's just me, you know, forget it, but I thought I'll bring it up. Okay, thank you. Now, do we need to speak louder? Is that the problem? We need to speak louder. Uh, can you all hear us, or is it just Ingrid? I mean, I was thinking if it's for everyone, because it's usually good and loud, but it's very, like... Okay. Is anybody else? To, but, you know, I don't know. Oh, it's coming, it's coming through clearly. Okay. Uh, all right, all maybe right. Turn up your volume or something. Yeah, turn up your volume, Ingrid. <laughs> no, yes. it, it's all the way. Yeah, yeah, I did that. So sure. it's okay. I, just in case it was for everyone. Thank you. Well, well, thank you. Th thank you, Ingrid, for pointing that out. Yeah, thank you. So, thing I, that I learned when, like, just through Christian Science and all the teaching here, is when I when I passed and everything, yes, it it was beautiful. It was different. It was you know mysterious. It was all these things, but it's not something that you can't have right now here on Earth. You know, with uh, mentally, my whole life changed, and I, I can have all those beautiful, mysterious wonderings right here. You know, there's a lot of people who want to commit suicide and, and stuff like that. They say, "Well, everyone says it's so wonderful on the other side. I want to go there." Well, you can have that right now, right here. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That there's always something to be addressed because that you know people that think that it's a big answer just to check out all those people who hadn't done their finances or who had toxic relationships who hadn't met the things they needed to hear and thought they could go on and everything would be great. Well, that's what's so wonderful about Mrs. Eddie. She says, "No, that's not true. You're still going to have to meet it there." So suicide is never the answer. There was um, faithful in those little things. <laughs> yes. Um, Carrie sent me, it's a beautiful article. We'll have to put it in the uh, Liberator if we haven't. I don't remember. It's called Gates of Heaven by Elizabeth Earl Jones. It was in the 1916 issue of the journal. And she says, in science, we find that wherever we are, 
Right there is the gate of heaven for us. Right there is the place for us to lay aside our burdens and enter in. If at home, in our place of business, in a sick room, in a prison cell, in a crowd, at church, or alone, wherever we are, right there, at any moment we may desire, we can close our thoughts to error, escape from danger, tribulation, sorrow, care, fatigue, pain, and enter God's universe of peace and love. Thus, does this mortal put on immortality and this corruptible put on incorruption until the saying is brought to pass that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Um, it goes on. I'll read various parts of it as we go along because it's, it, and it says that you've got to, in order to do that, you, ha you can't take in your resentment, your fears. You can't take that into heaven, can you? Or it wouldn't be heaven. It wouldn't be heaven. So don't even think about it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not happening. She said, in the familiar hymn which begins, Prayer is the heart's dis sincere desire, it's hymn number 91, occurs the line, He enters heaven with prayer. Like the gospel of Jesus, Christian science proclaims, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it's within you. Not through death or through any human experience must we expect to enter heaven, but through true prayer. It is just here that Mrs. Eddy has most abundantly blessed the world by teaching us to pray as Jesus prayed and thus obtain the same results. So. We must become incorruptible. Yes. We. Here. Here. Which, and it's possible. As yeah. That's beautiful. I, I often think of Plainfield Church as being my gate to heaven <laughs> because everything opened up for me, you know, uh, once I came to church and found out about Christian science. Yes. Yeah, and I think we all feel that way. <laughs> and it was the truth that was lived here that opened the gates for us. Great sacrifices. <clears throat> yeah, the sacrifices, because that's a, a unselfed love. <clears throat> I must so, say, uh, no, please, go ahead. No, I, I saw something in nursing where people who came with, you know, the most awful diagnosis, if they were prayerful, they were different. Their thought was different. You know, the whole attitude to whatever they've been told was completely different. And even when dying, I could I can tell now looking back the differences in the the struggle with those who were so fearful and obviously had no you know, relation with God and those who were not. Those who did have some kind of relationship with God, you could just tell. They were calm, um, you know, joyful you know, faces, it, it's very, very different. Um, and I, I'm saying that because I think it just proves what uh, Luann was saying, that it's, a, it's consciousness still, and thank God Christian science teaches us this. Consciousness, most important. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Yeah, because ultimately, that's all we have, isn't it? Yes. yes. Is our consciousness. <clears throat> and that's why... Kimball says, our consciousness is God. Mm -hmm. God is consciousness. 
And if we hang on to that, then we've got it all. Because God is all. <laughs> this is so wonderful. So I guess, you know, a little point is that even when they don't know Christian science as such, the, the, that relationship with God does make a difference still. Yeah. Thank you, yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's definitely a difference between <clears throat> living with hope and living without hope. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to rejoice in infirmities when you have no hope. I thought I read somewhere, um, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but I think Mrs. Eddy may have said that death is just when we believed we were born into matter, or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's all part of the same belief. If you believe that matter has life, intelligence, substance, then you're going to believe that you are material and you're going to believe all of the crap that goes along with that, all the envy and jealousy and hatred and lusts and, and fear of death. And, that's and one of the basics in Catholicism that they teach you very early is from, death, from dust you came from and from dust you will return. And that's that whole conditioning of believing that you have life and matter and are going to die out of matter. Yeah. And there are other religions, too. That's very common. Um, yeah. Dust to dust. Dust to dust. Mm -hmm. They say that. And, yeah. And, yes. And that's, too, where you have to be careful because people tend to rejoice over the birth of a child, right? But as Christian scientists, we have to be very clear on that, that it's... God's unfolding of good, or you, you keep it on a spiritual plane. You don't get into, oh, you know, I created some wonderful thing, because on the opposite end of that is the death. And and it's it's very wicked, and it's very subtle. So as scientists, this is the prayer without ceasing. We, we don't get into the... The Adam dream. Yeah, and the, the pride, pride of, of it, life. The pride of life. Yes. This article, this part was I, I was looking for, it said, there can be no idolatry in heaven. Sometimes one has long cherished sense of resentment or a false concept of some sort until it is really his idol, for he serves it and follows it instead of following divine principle, love. It is very plain that either his idol or else his hope of heaven, health, peace, joy, plenty, spiritual growth, must be given up. This is a critical moment of experience. It is the time for choosing, the moment which marks one's healing and emancipation or else his deeper plunge into suffering. Once Jesus asked of a certain sick man, wilt thou be made whole? Christ's truth is asking the same question of each of us today, and how are we answering? A modern poet writes, half-hearted, false-hearted, heed we the warning, only the whole can be perfectly true. So again, you can't enter heaven with all these resentments, hate, fears, jealousies. And this is where the other article that's so important to this topic is the new birth, isn't it? Yes. What does she say that all of this is going on when? 
continually. Yeah, hourly, hourly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you are you accepting these beliefs mm-hmm. or not? And you've got constantly got to be purifying yourself and make sure make sure you're not. And then truly, you can have heaven on earth. Why not? And when it's time for you to go, you can walk out, as did others. Hello? Yes? Um, I wanted to share the praying about so many suicides uh, with someone in Japan. Um, it came to me that it is the same thing, the same lie, that the grass is greener on the other side. You know how we are in one state and everyone is saying that, look at the other one and it's so great and everything is wonderful there. And that's what came to me, that it's just the same lie and we can refute it in that same way. Uh, One of the first things we know is to be grateful for what we have right now. And of course, get the fears out Maybe someone has something to share to refute the lie, but that's what I got. Uh, that's a good point because it's 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 envy and jealousy mm. in a different form, isn't it? Yeah. To think that somehow, mm. you know, somebody else has something better than I do, so I'm going to do something so that I can have whatever somebody else has. I mean, it's a wicked lie. Yeah. Either way. I like what you said about gratitude, because that's so important. And I remember in class here, Mrs. Evans taught us something. God made man satisfied. And I still remember to this day, because it's it settles and resolves out all these disturbing things of envy, jealousy, whatever. No, God made man satisfied. So... I think if he made us in his image and likeness, which I think I didn't used to think of it so much, it means that perfection that includes everything necessary and why we should be grateful for it. And the more we're grateful for it, the more we feel the the benefit of it. Thank you. And the more we recognize that God gives the increase. It didn't come from our own, you know, uh, skill or you know or whatever god provides it and when we recognize that god provides us with what we have and are grateful for it nobody can take it away from us we can't lose it the only way you can lose it is if you're not grateful for it <laughs> yes or well, that you lose it yeah or, or or, or if you think that you got it some other way. You don't want to share it. Yes. Selfishness and greed. And all those, all those will put you in hell. I mean, God never did it. You've done it to yourself by disobeying his commandments. And, and this is jumping forward, but, you know, that idea of the sting of death is sin. Um, sting, anything that gives acute pain. So, 
it, it's this, this, this pain that we associate death with is sin. That's what it says, right? So it's when you're holding on to jealousy and envy and hatred and all of those things we talked about, when you're hanging on to that, that is what makes so-called death painful. <laughs> and it will be until you stop it. <laughs> stop it. It's, it's disobedience. And what, what do we know? We suffer for disobedience, right? Until we stop it. That sin has to cease. Sin has to cease. Right. And that's when sin is forgiven. (laughs) This is all part of putting off the old man with his deeds and putting on immortality. Right. Every time we do that, that's what we're doing. Putting on more immortality. Not more of it, because we already are it. Imperfection. <laughs> I think it was in Webster's where it says that um, bees only sting when they're provoked. And I thought, we provoke the sting because we, when we keep sinning, you know, and if we stop sinning, we're not going to feel the sting. <laughs> right. That's it. We, we sting ourselves with this. So where are we, Betty? Are we on four or <laughs> two or three? Place. We're all over the place. <laughs> We're not covering the whole thing. Um, we could just go ahead and, and uh, I think we kind of covered number two uh, quite a bit, unless anybody would, I can read it, if anybody wants to add to number two, or we could go on to uh, number three if you want to. Mrs. Eddie, I sir. just have, oh, yeah, I just have a comment from. I mean, I just have one thing I wanted to read from my new students' uh, commentary that I can't seem to find anymore. But it says uh, on First Corinthians fifteen fifty three, which is on number two. I like how um, one of the comments was, "For so it must be. This perishable nature must clothe itself." with what is imperishable, and this mortality must clothe itself with immortality. I like that. Mrs. Eddy says immortality is divine science. Because In page 165 of Science and Health, she writes, When this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, divine science, then shall be brought to pass the saying, that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Thank you. The 1828 Webster's Dictionary just says for corruptible that subject to decay and destruction. So I just thought that was good to have the definition of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. We definitely don't want to be subject to that. No. Not herself. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go ahead and... and we kind of just covered that, but I was, is there somebody want to, I was going to read number two just to make sure it's out there. Why and how must this corruptible put on incorruption and this mortal put on immortality when it cannot be inherited?
Well, I think the inherited is used in the phrase that, that the flesh cannot inherit it. Right. Right. In other words, you can't stay, you can't, you can't have the belief that there's life, truth, intelligence, and substance in matter and inherit in corruption and immortality. The two are inconsistent. You have to grow spiritward. Mrs. Eddy talks about mortals must grow spiritward out of the belief in the reality of matter and all the lusts of the flesh and pain and pleasures and so forth that go with it into the recognition of that spirit God is all and immortal. Because I think your life is immortal because God is your life. But she says you cannot improve matter, material sense of our mortal self. It cannot be improved. So it has to be done away with. And the other thing, I mean, when I think of inherit, it just sort of comes to you. What we're talking about is earned, isn't it? We're, we're right, earning yes. this. We're earning it by standing quarter at the door of thought and not letting those beliefs. And you can't just waltz through life thinking whatever you want to think and then expect to inherit the kingdom of heaven. Um, it's earned. It's yeah, earned. Work, 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 watch, and pray. And that's it. That's it. And God worketh with us. And and knowing that, it, it's actually, I know Carpenter once wrote about this, but it's actually much easier to think the right thoughts and to do the right thing than it is not to, even though Air argues and said, oh, it's so hard to think correctly. And Is it really? You're always yeah. thinking something. Why not think the enduring the good and the true instead of the, um, what is it, Jeremy? <laughs> Telling me you like to quote that. The, the temporary, the evil, and the false. <laughs> <laughs> Which is easier to do. <laughs> and one leads you to heaven, the other one takes you somewhere else. Well, the problem with thinking the wrong way, too, is you got to do it twice. Yeah. You have to think wrong, and then you got to fix it, and then you start thinking <laughs> yeah. right. And then you have to retrace your steps and start all over. Yeah. And tears. Yeah, and tears. It's usually quite a mess. So it's don't fall for that. It's too hard. That's not true. God never said it was too hard. Not true. Matthew Henry cautions us, let us not sow to the flesh, of which we can only reap corruption. The body follows the state of the soul. Yeah. He, therefore, who neglects the life of the soul, casts away his present good. He who refuses to live to God squanders all he has. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. Number three. What is meant by the saying, death is swallowed up in victory? Death is swallowed up in an awakening to life, the reality. Thank you. Thank you. Mrs. Betty says, truth is always the victor, right? Mm -hmm. 
exposed and overcome. It's lies exposed, I like to think. Yeah. So it's the victory over what? Anything that's not true. The belief in death is not true. Therefore, it's not going to happen. And this is why, you know, the proper education is so important. So you, you do know what's true. And that's why we read and study the Word of God in the Bible and in science and health. So we can't be deceived by the lie. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so why not learn the truth now instead of waiting to learn it later? Because the truth that life is immortal literally destroys the belief that life could ever result in death. And what a, what a wonderful opportunity we have to learn that now instead of later. That's why I love Mrs. Eddie, what she's given us, this uh, the daily treatment where she says that, let me urge you, however difficult it may seem, to declare times without number that you are perfect, joyful, triumphant, and complete. I think about that. Wow. Yeah, she's given us all we need. Thank she you. Is. So take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I find, it, I find it helpful to remind myself every day, wait a minute, I am God's image and likeness. Holy mackerel. What a privilege. And what a responsibility. In Science and Philosophy, Mrs. Eddy says, when the belief in material origin, mortal mind, sensual conception, dissolves through self-imposed suffering and its substances are found substance-less, then its miscalled life ends in death, and death itself is swallowed up in life, spiritual life, whose myriad forms are neither material nor mortal. And then, Christian science has overshadowed all human philosophy, and being is understood in startling contradiction of human hypotheses. And Socrates, Plato, Kant, Locke, Berkeley, Tyndall, Darwin, and Spencer sit at the feet of Jesus. I love that. Amen. So you see, sometimes this seems hard because it's all contradicting um, the human so-called the yeah. human beliefs. That's why the strength of sin is in the law. Yeah. Because this is look at all this law that's telling you the opposite of what's true. But we we sit at the feet of Jesus and listen to what he has to say. Nobody else. Yeah. So we need to get to number four before we quit. <laughs> well, I, I just did. <laughs> well, we'll go ahead and say it, do the question, and if there's anybody else who wants to add, what does the sting of death, excuse me, what does, quote, the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, unquote, mean? Well, sin 
is the manifestation of that stupid and wrong belief that there is life, truth, intelligence, or substance in matter, right? And, and this belief has the strength to influence people when it is considered law or science, right? And when enough people believe in one of these beliefs, they create a human organization to give credence to it. So we have a lot of human organizations, for example, the American Medical Association. It has a president and vice presidents, lots of members, publishes a lot of stuff, and people consider it to be, quote, science or law. And they fear what it tells you to fear. And they revere it. They do what it tells you to do. It has the strength to influence people to sin. Because it turns people against God. To something other than God. The false idol that they worship. Which is what we see going on now with the pandemic and the vaccine. And false idols. All conjured up by this. Denying God's allness. Denying God's allness. Right. So we can pray everyone will sit at the feet of Jesus and give up all these false beliefs. And I truly feel as we are knowing these truths about the pandemic, the vaccination, all of this, it's having a a great effect. Um, A a great effect. The fact that it's still not mandatory. All, All these things. We hold the line. We hold the line, just knowing and just being it ourselves and not falling into the belief. David Keaston sent us a really good article. I'm going to, we'll put it up on the website about this treatment treatment for the vaccination pandemic because he sees so many people, Christian scientists, running to get it. So. We were not here to judge people that have felt they've needed to get it, but um, he brings out this article, brings out a lot of very important points. So let us all remain sitting at the feet of Jesus and not impressed with with this false law. Claiming we, something. Go ahead. No, I feel that if we are all by, that strongly in our uh, faith in God and especially what, how by Jesus and Mrs. Seti brings it to us so plainly that God is all, and we are knowing this, that we are living in this atmosphere of love divine, and it, all this becomes so grounded in our own thinking, then um, I'm sure it has effect in our families so that the excuse sometimes, I'm not, I can't say that uh, for everyone, Sometimes we are not using someone being afraid as the excuse for us getting it, anything. Um, That can be one of the problems because when families have different uh, understandings, it can be, you know, you feel like in order to do the loving thing sometimes, um, 
you are urged to do what you really don't want to do as a scientist. That's it. That's right. But remember, everyone exists in your thinking. And, um, you know, but these are things we've learned, and we've been working on this for many, many years. Some others of you haven't. So, um, <laughs> so you, you work out your own salvation from where you were coming from. But, um, so prayerfully, I'm sure God will guide individual situations. Yes. Yeah. And it's also important to know that nothing by any means can hurt you. If someone does do that, what they think is the loving thing for their family and take the vaccine, it has no effect whatsoever to help or to hurt you. That's exactly true. You have to know that. Absolutely. So, and we, we will talk more about that tomorrow. Um, Florence found something good in mis miscellany right there in front of us, as well as in repaid pages in the Red Book, what Mrs. Eddy says. So, um, hello? Yes. I just need to express gratitude to all of you for doing this time and also sharing it because it's not only hearing like really true Christian science statements but it's so wonderful that we hear laughter and beautiful laughter all the time and I just needed to thank you for that uh, I do miss the Saturday that you don't know and I just wanted to let you know this is very wonderful thank you so much for doing it and sharing Thank you, well, Ingrid. That's thank beautiful. You, Ingrid. I appreciate that. And this is the joy that the joy no man can take it. Yes. <laughs> it is joy. So the best thing we can do sometimes is to laugh at all the foolishness. Um, not laugh at any people, but laugh at the foolishness. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. Just a mortal mind. Yeah. Be of good cheer. Yeah, be of good cheer. And uh, yes. And yes, it's so good to be all together like this. It, it, yes. is. it is. It is. So we're so grateful you all could join us. And thank you, Betty. This was a most important topic and not the easiest to talk about. Perfect so timing. Yeah, good timing right at this Easter season because Mrs. Evans used to talk about it's it's the Antichrist is raging now. It's not just the depression and the, and the uh, discouragement, but as... Craigie's readings on Wednesday about the persecution, Antichrist rising up, crucify him, crucify him. And when you're sensitive, you're going to feel this stirring that goes on at this time of the year. So remember, it's not your thinking. It's not anybody's thinking. It's animal magnetism calling itself Lent. Lent. And ours is the risen Christ. So we keep going forth with joy and love and no discouragement. No depression and no antichrist goes back on itself and destroys itself. Because it was never real in the first never place. Never true. And it did nothing to and the we Christ. Can prove it. Yes, we can, and we are. <laughs> so thank you, Ben. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>